Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Psalm 51.1, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, thy chesed. He said, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And when, so, so we could just picture the joy and surprise that Naomi had when she hears the name, she, hear, she hear, hears the name, Boaz. It's Boaz, Boaz. Naomi looked at Ruth and says, Boaz? You can see Naomi's mind. She's beginning to process the fact, Boaz, that Ruth has encountered. And she begins to explain to Ruth. She says, look, Ruth, I know you're a Moabite, so I got to explain to you some very unusual laws that we have here in Israel and, and that God had instituted these laws to care for the poor. And she's going through Leviticus 25. And, and Naomi explains to Ruth about Boaz, first of all, Naomi said unto her, the man is near of kin unto us. So in other words, Naomi told Ruth, Boaz is a close relative of ours. Yeah? And she didn't know. Ruth didn't know. And then with the next statement in verse 20, she says, one of our next kinsmen. Now, the Hebrew word translated kinsman is a very important word. And that's the Hebrew word goel. Goel is the word that's translated kinsman. When Naomi used the word goel, she had to explain to Ruth God's laws for the Goel kinsman redeemer. See, there are the laws that God put in place for the kinsman redeemer, the Goel laws, the Goel laws for the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz was not only a Goel or a kinsman redeemer, but, but he's one of our near relatives. He says he's near of kin unto us in verse 20, one of our next kinsmen. So what are these laws that related to Boaz? What are these laws Ruth had to learn from Naomi about the Goel kinsman redeemer. Well, they're very detailed, several places, but especially they're in the 55 verses of Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. Now, we're not going to go through all 55 verses now, so I'll just tell you some parts of it. What's so great about this passage in Ruth that we're studying right now is that it allows us the unique opportunity to see these Goel kinsman redeemer laws in action. See, this goal, there was a goal, several goals in these laws, but one of the goals had to do with land, as it says in Leviticus 25.23, Leviticus 25.23. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, God said. For you are strangers and sojourners with me, and in all the land of your possession, you shall grant a redemption for the land. So the Goel kinsman redeemer law was a provision for the case when a person fell into hard times and when a person sunk into poverty. 
As the next verse explains in Leviticus 25, 25, if thy brother be waxen poor and have sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. See, God said that the land of Israel belonged to him. That's the first point. He says, listen, this is my land. You know, all the world's his land, but anyway, especially, okay, the land belongs to him, and he gave it to the tribes of Israel section by section. You can look in the back of your Bible. You know, some of them have the map of Israel, and it'll show this tribe has this section, this has that section. And so he gave each section to a tribe, and within each section, he gave a family, a parcel within that section, the families of that tribe, the parcel. So land in Israel was inherited wealth. If a family had its land, a family had adequate wealth to sustain themselves by living off the land. And the parcel of land that God gave to each family was their inheritance. That was their inheritance. But sometimes family fell into hard times and had to sell their land. They had to mortgage it away. Sometimes a family fell into such hard times that a person actually had to sell himself into slavery so that he could provide for his family. Those were the hard times. And then the family lost his land as the land was mortgaged away. And then the family lost his inheritance as someone else got their land. And then a person lost his liberty and his freedom as he went into slavery, into bondage, slave bondage. Now, Naomi had lost her land and she was forced to sell it. And you can see this in chapter four, verse three, where it says, and he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that has come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Eli Melech. So she sold her husband's land, her deceased husband's land. So Naomi and Ruth were so reduced to poverty that Naomi was forced to sell a parcel of land that was her deceased husband's. That's how Naomi lost her land. That's how Naomi lost her inheritance. When Naomi had lost her land, when she sold it, Naomi lost her inheritance. Now, Naomi was in no condition to buy back or redeem her land. And when this situation happened in Israel, God wanted the family to regain their inheritance that they had lost. So God set up these Goel kinsman redeemer laws, and here's how they worked. First, there had to be a person who was a close relative. Only he was qualified to be the Goel kinsman redeemer. Second, a person, so in other words, this means that a person who was not a close relative could not be the Goel kinsman redeemer. It had to be a close relative, and that's what Naomi told Ruth when Naomi said in verse 20, the man is near of kin to us. Okay, one of our Goels. Now, Boaz was qualified to be the Goel because he was a close relative to, to Naomi and to Ruth. The Goel close relative would then buy back the land and restore it back into the family inheritance. The Goel restored the land that was lost. And if there was a widow, a childless widow, if there was a childless widow, as in the case of Ruth, then the Goel would marry the childless widow and have and raise children with, the, with that widow, and they would be counted as the children of the deceased husband. So the Goel would be the redeemer who had recovered what was lost by hard times, recovering both the inheritance and the seed and the progeny that the deceased husband's had he not died. So in order for the Goel 
to fulfill his role as the king's redeemer, he had to both buy back the land that was lost and marry the childless widow. She didn't have any children yet, see? And so we can see this dual requirement in action here of the Goel buying the land and marrying the childless widow and having children with the childless widow. When Boaz presented to the other potential Goel, there was another one, in Ruth chapter four, verse five, Ruth four, five, then said Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. In other words, he says, you've got to marry her. I guess he didn't want to marry her. I don't know. I'm glad I don't have any brothers, but anyways. So, <laughs> so there are 10 very important points. There are 10 very important points that we want to see, we must see, if we're going to really be blessed by God's laws here of the Goel kinsman redeemer. 10. Okay, first, number one. The Goel kinsman redeemer laws were set up by God for the time when a person fell into destitution just absolutely destroyed. A person is making his way, is motoring his way through life, and then he falls into a state of helpless destitution, and that's the time when the Goel laws become the person's only hope. Only hope. The Goel laws did not apply to a person who had not fallen into destitution. The Goel Redeemer, Kinsman Redeemer laws were for the destitute person who was absolutely helpless and needed help beyond himself. And the Goel laws are not for a person who is not destitute and who could redeem himself. That's the first point. The second point is that the Goel kinsman redeemer laws were for the benefit of the destitute person. They're not for the benefit of the non-destitute. They're for the benefit of the destitute person. And the third point is the Goel kinsman redeemer laws required a close relative. They required a near kinsman. He had to be the redeemer. An outsider could not qualify, couldn't qualify. He could not become the Goel Redeemer, but the Goel Redeemer had to be a close relative. Fourth point, the Goel Hinsman Redeemer laws were not forced on the potential Goel Redeemer. They weren't forced. Just because a person was qualified to be the Goel Redeemer did not obligate that person to be, to be the Goel Redeemer. He had the option to choose to become the Goel Redeemer, he had the option to, to choose not to become the Goel Redeemer, which is what actually happened here to the other candidate in, in the fourth chapter of Ruth. He chose not to become the Goel Redeemer. The Goel, the Goel had to have true kindness. He had to have true kindness. He had to go, he had the four stages. He had to look and listen to the destitute. He had to feel the pain of the destitute. He had to plan to fulfill the role of the Goel, and then he had to do it. He had to step forward and act to fulfill the role of the Goel. Fifth point, the Goel kinsman redeemer laws were designed to recover a lost inheritance. That was the design, recover a lost inheritance. That's what, that was their goal. The inheritance had been forfeited and lost, and these laws were to recover. Sixth, the Goel kinsman redeemer laws were designed to free a captive person, free a captive person. They, these were laws to, to free the captives, set him or her at liberty again. Again, the captive person who had sold himself into slavery had no way to liberate himself, had no way to redeem himself, and the Goel laws were put in place as a mechanism for a close relative to liberate him. And as seventh, the Goel redeemer laws were a way to, to be freed from a debt, 
These laws were for the destitute who had a debt that couldn't be paid. And the Goel took this debt that he didn't have to pay. And eighth, the Goel Redeemer laws, they burdened the Goel with the debt and the obligation of another. He, 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 he didn't do anything wrong, the Goel, and he hadn't fallen into destitute, but he had to suffer some consequences for what the other person did, pay money or whatever. Nine, the Goel Kinsman Redeemer laws had the Goel marry the person, marry the person in need. You know, the person redeemed by the Goel, you know, just, just, you just walk away and say, well, well, th- thanks very much. Thanks very much. I'll see you around. You know, I walk around and the Goel didn't say, well, you're welcome. Okay. No, he had to marry that person. Uh, okay. There was a permanent bond between the Goel Redeemer and the redeemed. And 10th, the Goel Redeemer laws made the Goel enable the childless widow, the childless redeemed widow, to have children, to become fruitful. You know, without the Goel, the destitute widow, she, she'd never have children. Without the Goel, the destitute widow would never be fruitful. The Goel made the destitute widow fruitful. Now, these laws of the Goel kinsman redeemer were set up by God with a view far greater than just the immediate provision. They're a teaching lesson for us. God put those in place for a teaching lesson for us. The first point of the Goel laws was that it was for the time of destitution. Just like a person in Israel who's just making his way through life, motoring along, falls into a state of destitution. That's a picture of us. That's a picture of us falling into personal sin, falling into degradation. When we sinned against God, we fell into spiritual destitution. And that state of spiritual destitution is described in the Bible as D-E-A-D, dead. When we fell into sin, we didn't just make a mistake or simply miss the mark. We fell into a state of death. And the accurate description of our state is given in Ephesians 2.5, Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in sins. And Colossians 2.13, Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. We were physically alive, but we were spiritually dead. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ referred to those who were physically alive as being dead when he said in Matthew 8.22, Matthew 8.22, let the dead bury their dead. Our spiritual destitution is detailed in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse 17, Ephesians 4.17, it just details out. He says, we were walking in the vanity of their minds, of our minds, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's our destitution. That was our destitution. Consumed into an exhausting pursuits of meaningless vanities overwhelmed by inner darkness, starved from an alienation from God and the life of God, drowning in an ocean of ignorance of God, stumbling in a state of blindness of heart, totally surrendered over to uncaring, insensitive life of lust and greed. That's how we were destitute. And and if a person doesn't see himself in that state, of sinfulness, then God says, I can't help you. God's redemption is not for them. 
the Goel laws don't apply. If a person sees himself as really not that, I'm not that bad, oh, come on. God says, okay, well, I can't help you. Just as if a person refused to admit that he was destitute, then the laws of the Goel kinsman redeemer couldn't help him. Unless he's willing to admit his sinfulness, then God cannot help them through the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first point. Second point of the Goel kinsman redeemer laws was that what the Goel did was for the benefit of the destitute. Just as the Goel kinsman redeemer laws were for the benefit of the destitute, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ was not for his benefit. It was for our benefit. It was for the benefit of sinners. As it says in Romans 5, 6, Romans 5, 6, for when you were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, 8, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 3, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. The only reason the Lord Jesus Christ died for us, we were destitute. He was our Goel redeemer. And just as what God, as what the Goel does for the benefit of the destitute, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did when he died for our benefit. A third point is that of the Goel laws was that the Goel had to be a close relative. He wasn't a close relative, couldn't qualify. Only a close relative could repair the damage. Only a close relative could repair all the damage done and restore to the destitute. See, in the same way, only a man could repair the damage done in our case and restore us to what we had lost. There was a man in Israel who could redeem back the forfeited mortgage land of Naomi. That was precious Boaz. There was a man who could redeem all we forfeited by our sins and our banishment from God. That was precious Jesus. And the Lord Jesus Christ met the requirement of the Goel when he became a man. That's why he became a man. In John 1.14, when it says, the word was made flesh, it was a Goel. He had made flesh, dwelt among us. So the Lord Jesus Christ met all the requirements of the Goel when he became a man. He could repair all the damage when he died on the cross for our sins. Now, the Goel, the fourth point is that the Goel was not forced. He was not forced. He was absolutely free. He could accept or reject becoming the Redeemer. He didn't have to do it. Just because a person qualified to become the Goel Redeemer did not obligate him to do it. He, he, and he and he alone made the decision. He could opt out, no problem, whether or not he wanted to become the Redeemer. That's the way it was for the Lord Jesus Christ. In the same way, he and he alone made the decision to become our Goel Redeemer. As he said in John 10, 17, John 10, 17, therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life. I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This commandment I received of my father. And he said further in Matthew 26, 53, he said to Peter, Peter, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. He could have opted out in the middle of it. He could have said, oh no, this is way, I had no idea. This is over the top. Sorry, fellas. He could have, but he said no. In John 18, you know, even when, when he was being captured, 
in John 18, 5. And they came to him and they said, where's Jesus? He steps right forward. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus saith unto him, I am he, I am, I am he. Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as they heard that, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I've told you, I am, I'm he, I'm he. If therefore you seek me, let these go. See, again, you see this willingness of him. You know, he had every chance to not be taken, to not give himself up. He could not become the Goel, redeemer, take away our sins. But even after he was taken, he had every opportunity to change his mind. He didn't. Now, the fifth point of the Goel was that they was all about recovering a lost inheritance. Our inheritance, you know, we have an inheritance. We don't give enough thought to the inheritance. Inheritance is very, very important. And our inheritance was lost because of sin, and there was no way that we could recover it, just as there was no way for the destitute Naomi and Ruth to recover their lost inheritance. Our Goel Redeemer recovered our inheritance. As it says in Acts 26.18, Acts 26.18, it says, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. Now, the sixth point was that the Goel freed the captive. And when a person was so destitute, he sold himself into slavery, the Goel freed him, gave him his liberty back. In the same way, we were in bondage to sin. We were in bondage to Satan. And, and our Goel Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, he freed us, as we already saw in, in Hebrews 2.14, where it says that, 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 that he deliver them, deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, the Goel, next point, the Goel paid the debt. The Goel paid the debt. Romans 6.23, what are the wages of the debt? Wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He, he had a debt he didn't have to pay. We had a debt we couldn't pay. He had a debt he didn't know. This Goel, the eighth point, this Goel redeemed, he took the burden on himself. The Lord Jesus Christ took our burdens. It says that in Galatians 1.4, Galatians 1.4 he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Then he married, the Goel married the destitute widow, as we said. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our Goel. He married us in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. Gave himself for it. For Revelation 21, 9, it says, the spirit, come hither, I will show thee the bride and the lamb's wife. The last point is that the Goel made the widow who was childless fruitful. He made it fruitful. And in the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ takes our wasted life, takes our ruined life, and he makes us fruitful. As it says in John 15, John 15, 1, I am the true vine, you are the branch. My father's husband, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And then he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, the widow couldn't bear fruit of herself, except that abide in the vine, no more can you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, maybe you've never taken time to think of all this. Maybe you've never taken time to think about all these points about the goel. Neither had Ruth. She was totally unaware of all this. She wasn't aware of any goel kinsman redeemer laws, but that would change her life, which they did. And in the same way, Maybe we weren't aware of all these Goel Redeemer laws, but, but, the, but, but about the Lord Jesus Christ, but it, it's our new occupation. 
is to learn about him, about what he did, as Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the one who cares for the destitute, setting up all these mechanisms to recover what the destitute lost. Thank you, Lord, for setting up the way of the cross for your son to recover all that we lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.